Welcome, everybody, at another episode of the Wrestling vs. World Podcast. If you're enjoying your day, sweet. If not, what the hell ever. So, today I've got part one of a three-part consecutive series that I'm giving you guys, covering the three different big periods I want to cover of Chris Jericho's time within WWE. Today's first part, I'm going to cover his 1999 to 2005 run. Part two, I'm going to cover his time from 2007 to 2010. And then part three, I'm going to cover 2012 up until his final appearance in 2018. So I'm going to try to go through everything I can. I'm sure I'm going to miss some things from time to time, but you know what? I can only say so much without taking this episode going on forever. But anyway, let's get us started. So as we all know, in 1999, Chris Jericho had departed from WCW. He was unhappy with the company. He saw that there was a glass ceiling he wasn't going to hit. And shortly after his final match that he had with WCW, vignettes started airing in the WWF with this whole Millennium Countdown Clock saying countdown, new millennium, like this whole countdown shit going on, to hype up this debut of a new superstar. And finally, the clock would run out on the August 9, 1999 edition of Raw's War during the Rock's promo. Jericho would come out, you'd see his name on the Time Tron, crowd would give a massive pop, and for the very first time, Jericho would say the words, Welcome to Raw is Jericho! And despite his debut, the Rock would also have a verbal back and forth sparring with him. And one of the other notable promos that you also remember as well during this was Jericho was talking shit about the company, saying that attendance and interest and numbers were down, which was a bunch of bullshit. I mean, he could have just said how it what that's how you can describe how WWE is today, but not in 1999. One of Jericho's other promos you probably remember was him interrupting Undertaker's promo with the Big Show. Undertaker was rambling on about motorcycles and snakeskin booze in the desert and all that shit. So after this, Jericho's first on-screen feud would be a brief one, Going up against the road dog, Jesse James. Both men would also have a match on the debut episode of SmackDown on August 26, 1999. And I'm talking about the debut, not the pilot that we saw a few months prior. But in August 1999, and the match would end in disqualification after Jericho powerbombed the road dog through a table to conclude the match. After this, Jericho's next feud would then go on to be against Ken Shamrock. And they would also kind of do a bit of a thing where Jericho had uh, Howard Finkel in his corner. Kind of a bit of a parody with the whole thing with... Having Ralphus in his cornerback with WCW's having a little fun there. But then Jericho would get rid of Howard Finkel in a line with Mr. Hughes going against Ken Shamrock. And both men weren't scheduled to go one-on-one at Unforgiven. However, Shamrock would leave the company right before their match was supposed to happen. So instead, Jericho would have an impromptu opponent instead, being X-Pac. And Jericho would get the victory over there on X-Pac at the pay-per-view instead. And after this, Jericho would then move on to a feud with China over the Intercontinental Championship. After failing to defeat China at Survivor Series for the Intercontinental Championship, he would win the championship from China afterwards in Armageddon. After both China and Jericho would have a match on the December 30th, 1999 edition of SmackDown, and in a double pinfall draw, they would both be listed as co-champions of the Intercontinental Championship, and during this time, Jericho would actually turn babyface during the program. But after this whole fighting going on everything, both of them ended up being booked in a triple threat match with Hardcore Holly at the Royal Rumble for the to determine the Undisputed Intercontinental Champion, and Jericho would get the pin on China to become Undisputed Intercontinental Champion. And Jericho would also later on enter the Royal Rumble match, and after entering in number 15, he would last less than four minutes. He would get an elimination by getting rid of Bob Backlund, but then would get eliminated by his now former co-intercontinental champion, China. So Jericho is now a two-time Intercontinental Champion, and this reign would not last long at all because he would drop the Intercontinental Championship to Kurt Angle and no way out the following month. And this would also then lead 
to the WrestleMania big match as Chris Jericho, Kurt Angle, and Chris Benoit would face off in a two out of three falls triple threat match where whoever got the first fall of the match would be European champion, whoever got the second fall would be Intercontinental champion. Jericho would get the first fall by pinning Chris Benoit, but then Benoit afterwards would pin Jericho to win the Intercontinental Championship, so Kurt Angle lost both titles without taking the decision in the match, and Jericho's time as European Champion would be very brief, as he would lose the championship to Eddie Guerrero the next night on Raw after trying to turn on him at the match's conclusion, and Jericho would also fa fail to regain the championship at Insurrection against Eddie Guerrero. Now, after this, Jericho would also have, around this time, Jericho would have a big moment, as on the April 17, 2000 episode of Raw, Jericho would defeat Triple H for the or the WWF Championship to a mass pop. However, whoever Earl Hebner would get pressured into reversing his decision because it was shown that Earl Hebner deliberately did a fast count to screw Triple H. Earl Hebner screwing, yeah, ha, ha, ha. So, Earl Hebner reversed his decision, and Jericho's win as to win the WWF Championship went completely unrecognized. After this, Jericho would then go into a one-on-one -on -one feud with Benoit over the Intercontinental, Intercontinental Championship. After failing to defeat Benoit at Backlash from the Intercontinental Championship due to a disqualification ending, Jericho would defeat Benoit on the May 4, 2000 episode of SmackDown for his third reign as Intercontinental Champion, but then would lose it the following week on Raw right back to Benoit, and Jericho would also fail to defeat Benoit to try to regain the Intercontinental Championship at Judgment Day in a submission match after passing out to the Crippler Crossface. Following this, Jericho would then go into the King of the Ring tournament and would lose to Kurt Angle in the corner finals, which happened at the pay-per-view event after kissing Stephanie McMahon, who was interfering in the match, and then would take the Angle Slam to lose the match. And of course, his lip lock would get the ire of Triple H, which would then lead to both of them facing off in a last-man-standing match at Fully Loaded, in which Triple H would narrowly win, getting back to his feet with just one second left after delivering a back suplex to Jericho, driving them both through the announce table. Then Jericho would then go back to his briefly continuous feud with Benoit, losing to him two falls to one in a two out of three falls match at SummerSlam. And after this, Jericho would then go back into a feud a bit with X-Pac, both men going against each other at Unforgiven, where Jericho would win the match there at Unforgiven. The next night, he would lose the first blood match to him uh, against X-Pac, and then afterwards, both men would conclude the feud in a steel cage match at No Mercy, which Jericho would get the victory. A match which I believe X-Pac suffered a neck injury due to a powerbomb that he took off the top rope and smacked into the canvas. And a finish where they would also repeat, they would end up repeating this finish for Jeff Hardy, Johnny Nitro at New Year's Revolution 2007, where X-Pac was outside of the cage, tried to stop the door being open, but then the drop kick to the steel, steel cage door would fly open. The heel would get hit in the crotch with the door, and then the babyface would escape through the cage. That's what happened here with Jericho and X-Pac, and we would see it again years later. After this, Jericho would then move on to one of his most infamous feuds, infamous for a bad reason, against Kane. After accidentally spilling a cup of coffee on Kane backstage and making a remark that he hoped that, oh, I hope the coffee didn't burn you too badly, this would send Jericho, or sorry, Kane into a rage, because of the whole thing about the fire and burns and everything like that. So this would lead to this feud. After Kane would defeat Jericho both Survivor Series and Rebellion, Jericho would win the blow-off match at Armageddon in a last-man-standing match after tipping over a wall of barrels onto Kane to keep him off his feet to get the victory. After this, Jericho would reignite his feud with Chris Benoit over the Intercontinental Championship at the Royal Rumble and would win the championship from Benoit in a ladder match and then would also later on retain in a fatal four-way match against Benoit, Guerrero, and X-Pac in No Way Out. After this, Jericho would then be put into a feud with Commissioner, on-screen Commissioner William Regal over the Intercontinental Championship, heading into WrestleMania, and Jericho would retain the championship in a, the opening pay-per-view, opener of the pay-per-view, even with one good arm in the build of this and during the match itself, 
but then would lose the Intercontinental Championship that same week to Triple H. But the feud would still go on with Regal, and we remember the whole segment where Regal got his tea pissed into by Jericho. Zip, zip. And both men will also face off against each other at Backlash in a Duchess of Queensbury rules match, with Jericho not knowing the rules, which would give Regal the advantage, because he knows the rules, Jericho doesn't, so it gives the heel advantage. The first round, Jericho would try to get the victory, but the Duchess ruled that time limit had expired for the first round. Afterwards, Jericho tried to get the win with the walls Jericho, but... When he seemingly got the victory, the Duchess ruled that, oh, during this round, submissions don't count. Then Jericho would get pissed off, take the Duchess, throw her in the ring, put her in the walls, Jericho. Then Regal would get the victory with the pinfall after smashing Jericho with a steel chair to win the match. But then Jericho would win the final match in the impromptu Queen's Cup match or whatever was going on in Insurrection against Regal to put this feud to rest. Following this, Jericho would then go into a few, uh, tag team with Chris Benoit, and both women would end up teaming together and winning the tag team turmoil at Judgment Day to become the number one contenders to the WWF Tag Team Championships, a title shot which they would get the next night on Raw, May 21st, 2001 episode of Raw, against a two-man power trip, the match infamously known for Triple H tearing his quad, and Jericho and Benoit would end up winning the match to become tag team champions, and both men would also later on that same week retain the championships in an impromptu Fatal 4-Way TLC match, Against the Hardy Boys, Dudley Boys, Edge and Christian, a match best remembered for Benoit suffering a neck injury that was sidelining him over the next year. The tag team title reign for both Jericho and Benoit would end on the June 21st, 2001 edition of SmackDown when they lost the tag team titles to the Dudley Boys, and both men would also compete against each other and Stone Cold in a trouble their match at King of the Ring for the WWF Championship, but Stone Cold would still walk out victorious. Now, after King of the Ring, the whole invasion storyline was going on, taking place, and Jericho would side with the WWF during this storyline. After Team WWF failed to defeat the Alliance at Invasion due to Stone Cold turning heel, Jericho would then go into a feud at SummerSlam going against Rhino, a feud that's best remembered for Rhino hitting Gore to Jericho through the stage of SmackDown, which would then lead to SmackDown getting a new set afterwards, so set destruction at its finest. Both men would face each other at SummerSlam, Jericho would get the victory there, and Jericho would later have a bit of a feud with Rob Van Dam going at Unforgiven, but would fail to defeat Rob Van Dam for the Hardcore Championship. After this was another big feud, as Jericho, despite being a babyface, would feud with The Rock over the WCW Championship. Both men would square off at one-on-one for the WCW Championship at No Mercy, and Jericho would actually cheat by using his new finisher called The Breakdown, which people probably best remember now as a skull-crushing finale for The Miz, to The Rock on a steel chair to win his first ever recognized world championship. Both men also would briefly hold the tag team championships during this time, but was very short-lived, and shortly after they lost the tag team titles to Booker T and Tess, Chris Jericho ended up losing the WCW championship back to The Rock on November 5th, 2001 edition of Raw. Now, going after this, we go to Survivor Series winner-take-all match, Team WWF, which Jericho was a part of, against The Alliance, Team WWF would get the victory after Jericho was eliminated by Stone Cold, and Jericho would turn heel towards the conclusion of the match when he would get back into the match and attack The Rock with his finisher, the breakdown again, almost costing the WWF the match in the process and would also get confronted on the rampway by The Undertaker. After this, Jericho would go on his big heel run because then, in the lead to Vengeance, we would get a four-man tournament to unify the WWF and now World, formerly WCW Championships, for a four-man tournament are Stone Cold, who was the WWF champion at the time, Chris Jericho, Kurt Angle, and The Rock, who was the world champion at the time. So, whoever was the world champ holding both of those titles, 
by at the finals of the match, or sorry, of the pay-per-view, would face each other to unify the titles. After Jericho hit the rock bottom to pin the rock to win the world championship, he would later defeat Stone Cold that same night, thanks to interference by Booker T, to become undisputed champion. And afterwards, Jericho would retain his championship against The Rock at the Royal Rumble and Stone Cold at No Way Out, before then losing his championships to Triple H at WrestleMania with the controversial build about Jericho looking like a third wheel because the whole program was more focused on Triple H and Stephanie than Triple H and Jericho. Afterwards, the shocking thing would be Jericho would not have a match at Backlash despite recently being world champion. He would cut a promo at the pay-per-view and would later lose a feud to Triple H and Judgment Day inside Hell in a Cell, a match also best known for... Tim White's career being shortened after getting driven inside of the cell and throwing out his shoulder. Now Jericho would then take part in the King of the Ring tournament and would lose in the semifinals match to Rob Van Dam, which would end up being the opener of the pay-per-view. Then afterwards, going into Vengeance, Jericho was having a feud with Edge, which was going to culminate in a match of the pay-per-view, but plans changed after Edge won the Tag Team Championships with Hollywood Hulk Hogan. So instead, Jericho would then face John Cena at the pay-per-view in a losing effort. So yeah, he lost to the new guy in the new guy's pay-per-view debut. Now, during this, Jericho was drafted over to SmackDown in the draft, but then got sent back over to Raw after the pay-per-view, and would then go into a feud with Ric Flair, which would see Flair get the victory over Jericho in their pay-per-view match at SummerSlam, and then on the September 16, 2002 edition of Raw, Jericho would win the Intercontinental Championship from Rob Van Dam, making him a five-time Intercontinental Champion, and then would later retain the championship at Unforgiven against Ric Flair. After losing the championship back over to Kane and the Leech No Mercy, Jericho would then form a feud with Christian and would win the tag team championships from Kane and Hurricane. Yeah, but I'm on the October 14, 2002 edition of Raw, and this tag team title reign would end at Armageddon in a fiddle four-way elimination tag match, which included the Dudley Boys, William Regal and Lance Storm, and Booker T and Goldust. Now, the next feud that Jericho would go into would be against Shawn Michaels, which started building for Raw Rumble. They started telling the story about Jericho idolizing Shawn Michaels, but he wanted to step out of the shadow and prove that he's better than his idol. So both men would try to interact at the Royal Rumble, where Shawn Michaels would enter the match at number one, and Jericho chose his number to be at number two, but that was a whole setup for Jericho to sabotage Shawn Michaels, blame him up, and quickly eliminate him. Between Royal Rumble and WrestleMania, Jericho's mini-feud that he was having in the meantime was going to be against Tess in No Way Out, but he would be replaced by Jeff Hardy due to Tess missing an episode of Raw due to travel issues. So that feud got dropped with Tess and Jericho, and Jericho would later face Jeff Hardy in No Way Out for a victory. Then Jericho would finally face Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania in a losing effort after taking a roll-up for a pinfall loss. Afterwards, both men would embrace a hug and emotional moment post-match, but then Jericho would hit a low blow on Shawn to show his emotions didn't mean shit. After his tag team won at Backlash against the babyface tag team of Shawn Michaels, Booker T, and Kevin Nash, and after also failing to win the Intercontinental Championship, which had been resurrected for a Battle Royal at Judgment Day, Jericho's next feud would be against Goldberg at Bad Blood, with the whole build saying that somebody was trying to take down Goldberg, and Jericho was actually the mastermind behind it after enlisting in the help of Lance Storm. Now, both men, Goldberg and Jericho, still held real-life resentment towards each other due to their troubles with each other backstage back in WCW about trying to work a program together, and they also got physical backstage in WWE in the build to all this. Despite this, both men still managed to work the feud together, and Goldberg would get the victory over Jericho at Bad Blood. Jericho also later on would fail to win the Intercontinental, or sorry, the World Heavyweight Championship at in the Elimination Chamber match SummerSlam, and would also fail to win the Intercontinental Championship in a triple threat match at Unforgiven against Christian and Rob Van Dam. Now, when it comes to the Intercontinental Championship, Jericho would briefly win the championship for the sixth time. 
tying Jeff Jarrett's record on the October 27, 2003 edition of Raw by winning it from Rob Van Dam, but then would immediately drop it to him that exact same night in a steel cage match with the whole rematch clause going on. Now, after taking part in being part of t uh, sorry Eric Bischoff's winning team against Team Austin and Survivor Series, Jericho and Christian would then get booked into a program again with Trish Stratus and Lita, with Jericho trying to be in a relationship with Trish and Christian with Lita, who had gotten dumped by Matt Hardy, and they would try to have a whole bet saying that whoever can sleep with their woman first gets one Canadian dollar. But as soon as Jericho was feigning feelings for Trish, and then both women end up hearing about the bet, this would lead to a big tag team match at Armageddon, where Jericho and Christian went to get the tag team victory over Lita and Trish. Despite this, Jericho would then start to feel remorse for his actions, start to develop feelings for Trish, and this would lead to him turning babyface, which drew the ire of Christian himself. Both women would then later on face each other one-on-one -on -one at WrestleMania, with Christian getting the victory after Trish ended up striking Jericho, because we thought she thought that uh, Christian was trying to touch him, or sorry, her. Then after the match, Trish would turn heel after attacking Jericho and align herself with Christian. Jericho then try to continue the feud. He would defeat Trish and Christian in a two-on-one handicap match at Backlash, and later on Raw would defeat Christian in a steel cage match, which would write Christian off for a few months due to a back injury he suffered at this pay-per-view. After losing to Batista in a brief feud that they had at Vengeance and failing to win the Intercontinental Championship against Batista and then-champion Edge at SummerSlam, the Intercontinental Championship would end up being vacant due to Edge suffering a groin injury at a house show, and Jericho would win the vacant Intercontinental Championship in a ladder match again at Unforgiven against Christian for a record-setting seventh time. But this run would end at Taboo Tuesday when he lost the championship to Sheldon Benjamin, who was the very man that fans voted as Jericho's opponent on the night due to Taboo Tuesday having the whole rule saying that fans can vote for different things out of the pay-per-view. Jericho would also be, later on be a part of Team Orton's tag team at Survivor Series with Team Warren's team getting the victory, and the stipulation being that since their team won, each member being Orton, Ren, uh, Chris Benoit, Chris Jericho, and Maven, each for one week each for a one-month period getting GM power during Eric Bischoff's time away. During Jericho's night of power, he booked a triple threat match for the World Heavyweight Championship of champion Triple H, fellow challengers Benoit, and Edge, and the match would end in a draw due to a pinfall submission uh, draw a finish between Benoit and Edge, thus making the championship vacant. So Jericho would then be one of six men to participate in the Elimination Chamber match in New Year's Revolution, but would be unsuccessful in his mission. Now, after this, heading into WrestleMania, Jericho is one of a handful of men that did not really have a storyline going on leading into WrestleMania, WrestleMania 21, which would lead to him coming up with the concept of the Money in the Bank ladder match for the pay-per-view, where the winner retrieves a briefcase, and then for a one-year period, they can catch in their briefcase to get an immediate world title shot at their any time of their choosing, with fellow challengers in the match being Shelton Benjamin, Chris Benoit, Edge, Kane, and Christian, but Edge would get the victory at the pay-per-view to become Mr. Money in the Bank. Now, after failing to defeat Shelton Benjamin at Backlash for the Intercontinental Championship, Jericho, for one night only at One Night Stand pay-per-view, would revise his Lionheart gimmick in his match against Lance Storm, but would lose the match due to interference by Justin Credible, then after this, Jericho would actually turn heel by attacking John Cena, who he was just teaming with that night on Raw, and would reveal himself to be in a working relationship with Raw general manager at the time, Eric Bischoff. Jericho would then also be added to the Vengeance WWE Championship match, which originally was just John Cena Christian, but would be added to make it a triple threat match, but would fail to win the WWE Championship, and would also fail to win his one-on-one -on -one title shot against John Cena at SummerSlam as well. Now, around this time, Jericho was planning to leave the WWE due to constant burnout from wrestling, and also wanting to take time to tour with his band Fozzie. And around the time of SummerSlam, he actually actually signed a short-term extension on his contract to end after SummerSlam in order to finish his feud with John Cena. 
and the feud would conclude the night after SummerSlam on the August 22nd, 2005 edition of Raw, where Jericho lost a You're Fired match against John Cena with the WWE Championship also being on the line. As per stipulation after the match, Raw General Manager Eric Bischoff would come out to the ring and publicly fire Chris Jericho, who is actually on his knees begging for Eric Bischoff to give him another chance before security would then take Chris Jericho and escort him out of the arena as he was kicking and begging for his job back, and this will be Jericho's final appearance in a WWE ring for the next two years. So this, yeah, quite a lot to divulge within a six-year period. I mean, Jericho, like I said, seven-time Intercontinental Champion throughout this six-year run, with a lot of his runs, of course, being short-lived. Well, pretty just about all of them were during this time, but he still had a legendary career. I mean, many amazing matches. His debut was fantastic with the amazing pop. Classic promos, some feuds you could hit, say hit or miss, like the one with Kane and everything, but this was a fantastic run for Jericho, even if he did have heat at the beginning because there was stuff about him not getting along with China and having heat with, with Triple H because of that and everything like that, but if I had to give Jericho a grade for his time, uh, I would actually have to say a B plus because two things still kind of drag it down a little bit. His booking as WWF champion, because like I mentioned that with the whole build to WrestleMania 28, because like his undisputed title run, and the fact that all, all of his Intercontinental Championship runs were very brief, it, it kind of weighs it down just a little bit. But I mean, this was still a fantastic run. If they eased up on those two uh, criticisms that I got there, I would have given him an A. Because again, like he had so many classic moments, but those two things, for me personally, kind of weigh his grade down for how I feel about his run, but... That is going to conclude it for part one of this three-part series. Next episode, I'm going to cover his time from 2007 all the way up until he departed again in 2010. And then part three, I'm going to go from his part-time appearances starting 2012 up until we last saw him in WWE in 2018. If you guys enjoyed today's episode, please remember, leave a like. If you're listening to this on YouTube, slash watching this on YouTube, subscribe with that bell turned on. If you're listening to this on any other service, follow if you're listening to this like on Spotify or anything like that. And also comment below, what did you think about Chris Jericho's time during the six-year window for him in WWE? And hope you guys tune in next week because, like I said, we're going to cover that next period, a.k.a. his second time. No, what was it again? Second coming of Y2J, that's what it was. So, thanks for listening, everybody. Like, comment, subscribe. Peace out, and good day, everybody.